there, dear spirit. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Tea and Tombstones podcast. Tea and Tombstones is a platform dedicated to helping you root into nourishment through the haunted darkness and claim your hallowed ground through tarot education, spellcrafting, spiritual coaching, and nature-based services. My name is Ashley, the creator and wolf child of Tea and Tombstones, and I welcome you here. Hello there, my hauntings and my dear spirits and my dear ones all out there. I hope this is reaching you well. In today's episode, I want to start talking about some tarot tips and some tarot tricks that you can use to make your own reading or readings that you do for others, perhaps for other clients, a reading that is full of honest empowerment and intimate invitation. I think it's really important when we start talking about how to use the tarot and when we start talking about tarot tips and tarot tricks that there is obviously an understanding that you are going to take what serves you or what is resonating with you and leave what doesn't. Obviously, I am not saying that if you do any of the things that I am talking about that you are doing it wrong. What I am merely saying is that within the five years that I have been reading tarot, that I have found the tips, the tricks, the resources, the tools, the techniques to be a way to make sure that my readings are providing clarity and honesty and that they are not hindered by subconscious or personal bias. So again, take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. It is a very personal tool, the tarot, and it is important that you take ownership over what is going to work for you or what is no longer working and then you adjust as you need. So in this episode, as I said, we're going to start talking about uh, some tips, some tricks in order to really make sure that our readings are unbiased if we're doing readings for others, for clients, to make sure that every card that comes forward is going to be of service, is going to provide clarity and honesty, and that it's also going to inspire and create a sense of awareness or a to action for either you or your client so that when they leave that reading or when you are done with your reading that you are more in tune and more connected than you were before you sat down into that space so grab your tea or whatever you are sipping on i am drinking water because it is already 90 degrees and it is noon. So (laughs) hydrate, hydrate, hydrate in these times. So before I even start talking about the first tip that I want to talk about, which is going to be most of this episode. So this episode may be a little bit shorter just because I want to make sure that the tips and the resources are easy to take on one at a time. I'm someone who tends to feel overwhelmed the more information I receive or the more I'm inundated with narratives, with the layering complex narrative of working with tarot. That is its own tarot tip, I guess I could say, is that when working with the tarot, work to simplify everything as much as you can. So there's a little freebie tip for you, but I'm someone who tends to feel overwhelmed the more details or the more layered the narrative gets. So I wanna make sure 
that what I am providing is easy to use and that it allows you time to, again, to see the benefit or to make it your own, to really mold it into a way that works for you and that is personal and unique. So the first tarot tip that I'm going to be discussing is how more cards does not create a more clear reading. I will live and die by this narrative. It is what I fully believe. I have fully believed this since I started reading tarot that the more cards you pull does not mean that it's going to create a better or a more complex or a more honest or clear reading. But before I start talking about that tip, I want to just talk a little bit about the tarot as a tool in and of itself. I think that this is an important narrative to begin with so that it creates a framework for all the tarot tips and all the resources and all the tools and techniques that I discuss here and in every other episode I discuss it in that we have this framework and this awareness of working with the tarot as a tool and working with it in a way to create a sense of deeper understanding and deeper intimacy and how to use that baseline of understanding with the tarot to approach these tips, these resources, and every other sort of technique or inspiration that you find on social media, in books, in videos, in YouTube lessons, whatever you are using to deepen your awareness with the tarot, that we have that framework. At its core, the tarot allows us to deepen our consciousness and awareness of self by using the cards as both a creative and as an analytical tool. We are able to tap into communal language, communal archetypes, and also sub and unconscious connections to symbolism, but we are also able to connect intimately and personally with elements within each card that speak directly to us in some way. The tarot provides a gateway to a sense of understanding and relating ourselves to either internal or external energies, situations, or narratives. And again, both creatively and analytically. So we are able to look at one card, many cards, it doesn't matter, but through the cards, we are able to tap into a sense of relation and connection and use that connection to create an awareness that may not have come from linear thinking. The tarot also provides a framework for gauging ourselves and creating a baseline that allows us to connect into the moment. It also transcends into past and into future selves. It also extends into past and future situations, dreams, and this is where tools like the tarot, astrology, I Ching, meditation, visualization can be so helpful in creating a more grounded self because when we come into that seat of self here in a reading with the tarot cards, what we are doing is engaging both the analytical parts of our mind that are using, that are interpreting 
symbols and images into a language that we can linearly understand, but we're also connecting into the creative parts of ourselves because we are tapping into personal connections. So for example, in the in the tarot deck, let's just say the wild unknown because that's the one that I learned on. The court cards for the pentacles in the wild unknown are perhaps my favorite when I pull them from that deck. I don't feel that way when I pull them from other decks because maybe I'm connecting to a different image, but I know that when I pull like let's say the mother of pentacles which was one of the very first cards that i pulled when i first started working with that deck there is a connection to the doe because the doe is um the mother of pentacles in the wild unknown deck and deer stags doe fawns all of that really resonates with me in particular it really resonates with me because growing up in colorado being in the mountains that kind of animal energy is very comforting. It's a very connective back to childhood. I would remember seeing the deer and since that time as a child, when I see a deer or a fawn driving somewhere, you would think I was from out of town because I am still just so mesmerized by their energy and I'm so captivated by them as creatures of the forest and just creatures within a bigger tapestry of, of animal energy. And I have a connection to that animality within myself. So the tarot creates a framework of both collective understanding, creating that analytical, taking images, colors, and symbols, and creating a language and a narrative with them that we then either journal on or talk about, and we have a way of understanding it from a language perspective and from a linear perspective that we connect the dots from image to word or from image to concept and concept to word. But we also have that deep emotional and creative connection that is immediately known. And it's hard to describe that in a way that can speak truth to its power. But when we are pulling cards, we are engaging with all of our faculties. So again, we're engaging analytically, we're engaging in which means that we're engaging with the mind, we're engaging with brainstorming and thoughts and communications and ideas, we're engaging with that emotional connection, that subconscious or unconscious or even conscious emotional connection. But we're also connecting to the very physical aspect of taking the time to sit in that reading and engage the process of formulating an understanding with the tarot. So we're engaging our bodily senses and allowing the physiological process of understanding to be felt and known. Excuse my kitty in the background. <laughs> but we're also engaging spiritually because we are literally taking time to connect to ourselves in that moment and letting the tarot take us on a little bit of a scenic journey into deeper understanding. This is why I believe that the tarot is not meant to be read psychically or as a fortune teller from a fortune teller perspective of 
pulling the tower and then saying, oh, you're going to have a huge change. You might lose a job. Something's going to happen. A, that doesn't help anybody. There's no way to have that narrative and feel better when you come out of that reading. And some readings you won't feel better when you come out of, but you will at least maybe, the tarot should always make you feel ready to engage in that call to action or sh should make you feel ready to take ownership and invite yourself into the invitations so that you can form actions and plans and goals and spiritual journeying from that. Even if you pull all of the quote-unquote worst cards in the tarot deck, the tarot should never make you feel afraid. It should never make you feel that's scared of something happening. Now, there are times where you might have that instinctual fear when you pull the Ten of Swords or the Tower because we know that it is a form of invitation that comes with an edge. Sometimes we have to surrender when those cards come up, but all cards in the tarot are allies. All of them are guides and all of them are of benefit to you in some way. I found one article that actually comes from a book that I will have linked in the show notes. This article or this book is titled Resymbolization of the Self, Human Development and Tarot Humanutic, authored by Ina Semetsky. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Humanutics are a method or a theory of interpretation, and she has so many different types of publications on uh, tarot, on spirituality, symbolism, depth psychology, mental representations, and philosophy of education, including more. So I will have her website listed below. I highly recommend reading her other publications. They are just so beautifully written. I love how she writes about the tarot. But in this excerpt taken from the book, she writes, The meaning of the tarot is that creative but often missing element in our lives, which is necessary to know, to discover, and experience, so as to be fruitful and creative in our approach to multiple life tasks situated in the midst of experiential situations, events, and our complex relationship with others. If and when discovered that is made available to consciousness, it becomes a powerful motivational force to facilitate a change for the better at our emotional, cognitive, or behavioral levels and thus to accomplish an important ethical objective. She goes on to say, tarot pictorial symbolism embodies intellectual, moral, and spiritual lessons derived from collective human experiences across time, places, and cultures. As such, tarot speaks in a mythic format of symbols, the metaphorical universal language full of deep, even if initially opaque, meanings. She goes on to say, as a symbolic system of reading and interpretation, Tarot is oriented toward the discovery of meanings for the multiplicity of experiences that would have otherwise appeared to lack meaning and significance. Thus, the readings necessarily honor the spontaneity, complexity, and ambiguity of human experience. In this narrative, she so beautifully, again, states at how profound of a tool tarot can be, that when we come to a reading, that when we approach the tarot with this tool for bringing what is subconscious or unconscious into consciousness, we start to see how we can form meanings and understandings that may have not been made otherwise. That is what has been so profound in my own journey with 
the tarot is that the more that I use it, the more that I pull that daily card for myself or I pull a full moon spread, however I'm using the cards, that the more I engage with the tarot, the more I'm engaging with myself, the more I'm engaging with the complex nature of my life and the situations and the memories and the dreams, the symbolism and the archetypal language that is imbued and is the bloodline of tarot allows those meanings to take both a creative and an analytical understanding in my consciousness. This is exactly why I decided to become a tarot reader because once I started to engage with the tarot in this way, I was sitting in a space that was so sacred I knew I had to offer it in any way I could to others and as I've said before, I could talk about this stuff till the cows come home, but I I wanted to start this conversation talking about using tarot as a tool because that is how we can start to bring in these tips and these tricks and these techniques and resources and education and our own personal unique layering into our practice, whether that's for ourselves or for others, so that when we come to the tarot, we can be assured that it is a message of service with each and every card pulled. With all of that being said, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in relation to the very first tarot tip that I am going to mention here in a minute is that because tarot is as beautiful as a tool as it is, it's also a subjective tool. And because it is a subjective tool, it is important that when we approach the tarot cards and when we sit down for our readings, that we are not hindering the invitations by the ego or a feeling or a situation that we haven't fully worked through yet. We need to make sure that when we are engaging with the tarot and using it as a tool to gain a sense of deeper awareness and connecting both creatively and analytically to a deeper sense of meaning, that we are not forcing it to fit a narrative, that we are open to the narrative as it is coming forward based on the cards that are pulled. So there is a need to be humble when approaching the tarot, and there's also a need to place a little bit of a boundary around the self, to be aware that when we are coming to the tarot that we are open to the messages and the insights, because as much as tarot is of benefit and is a guide and an ally, There are times where the readings are not that easy to digest. There are times where we are going to pull cards or receive insights that we maybe don't want to hear. And we need to be open to those messages because that is exactly where the tarot is there to help us. It is that gentle friend that tells you the truth, tells it straight, but tells it with love. That is why I wanted to start talking about these tarot tips so that when you engage with your reading, you can trust that when you sit down with your cards, that the insights that you get are that honest and loving invitation into a deeper awareness that you can trust your intuition and that the insights that come forward are not hindered by a subconscious or a personal bias again full disclosure that this is meant to just come from tips and techniques that i have found to be a benefit so i am in no way saying that if you do this you are wrong the first 
tip that I want to talk about and spend the remainder of this episode talking about is to not get sucked into what I call the pull reflex. And the pull reflex is this. You're sitting down, you maybe you're pulling your daily card, and you pull a card that you don't know how it immediately relates to you in that moment, in the situation that you find yourself, in the complexities of your life in that moment. And so you pull another card to clarify, or you pull another card just to see a little bit more about what it's saying, or you pull another card just to kind of get a grasp on what it, where this message is being directed. And I say this because when we are reading the cards, and as I've said before, every card is of benefit. Now, if your intuition is just telling you to pull another card, then obviously honor your intuition. Your intuition is paramount for every single reading and should come first. If you pull a card and you're not immediately aware of what it's relating to, what it's speaking to, and your intuition is saying very clearly, very strongly, we need another card, pull that other card. But the reason that I place this tip at number one is because it can get really easy to be sucked into the pull reflex. That if it's not clear initially, we need another card to make clear the first card. And we tell ourselves that our intuition is saying to pull another card, but really it's this immediate reaction to to the vague, to the unknown. And when we engage with the tarot, things are not always going to be immediately clear. And I think it's important to recognize that, that sometimes we really need to sit with the card and let the energies come forward in a way that's of service. And it may come in a way that you weren't expecting at all. Again, going back to what Ina Sametsky said, that we start to form meanings in places that we may not have made a meaning or we may not have made that connection or we may not have had that awareness and that awakening to the card's message if we weren't willing to let the card move with us and be willing to be wrong or be willing to be uh, surprised with a tarot meaning. So the reason that I say that the first tip is to not get sucked into the pull reflex is because if you are trying to work with the tarot and one card comes forward, let's say it's just the seven of swords, just pulling one out, and you're unsure of how that relates to a situation, you're unsure of how that relates to your day or to your life at that time, and you start pulling these other cards, you're starting to thin out the message from the Seven of Swords. Now, this is not to say that more cards means a tarot, that a tarot reading is worse, but if you are seeking clarity and you have a card that isn't immediately clear to you and how it relates to you or the meanings that are going to come with that card, I would say do not get sucked into the pull reflex and really sit with that card. One of the other reasons why I mentioned this tip or this technique first is because I think it is more valuable and important as a tarot reader even for myself i still pull a daily card i actually pull a daily and a nightly card 
I think it's important to get clear and to form a connection, a personal connection with each card because each card is going to come up at some point. And if we have these cards that we don't want to sit with because they're not immediately clear for us, what we're starting to do is create almost like a search party for the card meaning. And when in reality, we just need to sit with it and see how it comes forward. Again, letting it be surprising for us. And I say this even with the most beautiful cards, that even cards like the Star, the Two of Cups, the Four of Wands, some of these cards can come up in a reading and present a challenge, or they can present a, a message that is not immediately clarified. Again, there are no good or bad cards in tarot. And maybe that should have been the first tip, that there are no good cards or bad cards in tarot. And the other thing I will say is that when we get sucked into the pull reflux, sometimes that's forcing the narrative to be clear in a way that relinquishes us from doing the work with that card. And if we are forming a relationship with the tarot that is meant to be easy, that is meant to be immediately known without surprise, and that is what we want to hear, then I would humbly say that the tarot is not a tool for you. Like, sorry, it just, I, I, I stand by that. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying that the tarot is not here to tell you what you want to hear. And even the good cards have an edge or a challenge in them. There is work and there is guidance in each and every card. So every card is of benefit, even when it feels heavy and hard to bear. And the other thing I would say is that going into the pull reflex, and I mentioned this in my blog, which will also be listed on the uh, show notes, that sometimes going into the pull reflex is honestly sometimes like I equate it to like fishing for compliments like it's an impulse reaction to ease the ego or to gain a sense of comfort in some way like when we're fishing for compliments we're kind of like oh like validate this part of myself that I need validated and while the emotions attached are a little bit different when we go into the pull reflex and we just feel we have to pull that card and we're not willing to sit in that space of unknown or we're not willing to let our intuition develop with that card and as it's knocking on the door then if we're not willing to like open it and sit with it then what we're doing as i said was really dismiss the the palpability with that card that we pulled or with those cards that we pulled the main point that i'm trying to get at here is that when you are reading that you're that you are creating a container or a boundary with yourself around that reading even if you are an intuitive reader and you just pull cards and you don't have a spread or a layout whatever that you allow those messages to sink in and to create a willingness to sit in that unknown. Now again, if your intuition is just very clearly telling you we need another card, absolutely honor that. Again, your intuition is going to always lead you towards spiritual betterment. So I would never tell you to ignore your intuition to follow a tip that I'm mentioning right now. If that is coming out in your reading 
get clear if it's intuition or if it's ego. If it's ego, then you can just say, you know what? Hey, like I know we got this card and I don't really know what it means right now. Or maybe it's like presenting an edge and it's hard to hear. Or I, I kind of want there to be a little bit more of an immediate visceral connection to the card. But you know, like, let's just sit with this. Let's just, let's be curious. Like let's be detectives and see how this card comes out and we'll follow the little breadcrumbs to see where the truth of this card comes forward for me. So here are some of the benefits and some of the things that can come when we don't get sucked into the pull reflex. One, when we engage with each card and which I, when we create an engagement and a relationship with each and every card, it starts to get easier as time goes on what the true and honest message of that card is. So the more that you work with it, the easier it's going to get because you are allowing intuition to be developed over time. And so with that practice, not only are you going to get an easier, more clear understanding with each and every card, but you're also gonna be strengthening your intuition on top of that. And then here is perhaps I would say one of the most beneficial things in not getting sucked into the pull reflex. So if, and if you have been getting sucked into the pull reflex, like no judgment, I've been there, I have, I've definitely been there because it like, let's be real. Like who doesn't want the star to come up in every reading? Actually, sometimes I think the star can be a little challenging, but you know what I mean? That who doesn't want all of the bright, beautiful cards to show up in every reading? When we relinquish the pull reflex and we relinquish that impulse need to get sucked into the pull reflex, when those cards come forward, like the star, the ten of cups, or the four of wands, cards that really, really speak to us and these cards that really validate or honor the work that we've been putting in, we can trust that we are meant to receive the beautiful invitations with that card. So for example, like if you pull, again, the seven of swords and you pull another card and then you pull another card and then you pull another card and then you get the star, you're like, oh, yay, the star. I feel better now. Whereas you sit down and do your reading and you pull the star. Then you know that that card was meant to come forward. Or you pull your, th your three card spread and you put down other cards to get clarity on all those other cards and then you get those quote unquote good cards. Again, no good or bad cards, but just in typical narrative, we're more likely to be willing to see the star than like the tower or the 10 of swords. So when you relinquish the impulse reaction to getting sucked into the pull reflex when those excuse the traffic it's super hot and um, I have the window open but when you relinquish that impulse reaction that comes with the pull reflex when that card or when those cards come forward that really speak to you and really validate that part of you that's been doing the work and it's good to see those cards you know and you can trust that those cards were meant to come forward and that you didn't have to go on a bit of like a fishing expedition to get that message that feels like it alleviates some of the challenge or the edges with any other cards that were there so yeah i i 
mention this and like I said no judgment um, and if you still want to do this and you negate everything I say like do you but I have found relinquishing the impulse reaction of the pull reflex to be one of the if not the highest benefits for my own personal readings because like I said I trust my intuition more I trust and I have a deeper connection with each and every card because I sit with it, I work with it, I engage with it. And I also, when I get those cards that I really want to see, I feel good knowing that they came forward organically and I wasn't trying to assuage or alleviate the messages in some way. There are still times, and I will end on this, there are still times where even as someone who's been reading for five years, I know that even in 10 years I will probably feel this way not every card is going to be immediately apparent that there's going to come a time where we no longer have to sit and do the work with the card and the reason for that is because just as the tarot invitations are complex and nuanced so is our life and so we are always students of tarot there is never a time where we move out of that student role with the tarot we will be tarot students until the day we die and even then in the in another life in the aftermath whatever happens if tarot is there we will be students of it because it grows as we grow and that's the most beautiful part of it so as much as working with the cards will get easier the more that you allow the invitations to come forward in a way that is honest and clear for you there will be readings where that unknown or that void or that vacancy comes up and that's when it's it's important to not get sucked into that and lean into it because the impulse reaction to get into the pull reflex is never going to always go away. There are still times where I pull a card and I'm like, well, like right off the bat, I'm like, I don't know. What are you, what are you trying to say to me? I don't know what you're saying to me. And that's because it's speaking to parts of my life that I need to investigate with the tarot and without the tarot. I need to investigate these parts of my life and to be, again, like that detective and to see how these parts of my life relate to each other, connect with each other. They relate between the internal and the external and they relate to others, to community and to higher and lower frequency. That when you engage with the tarot, you are engaging in that space of yourself that is so beautiful and so vibrant and it is connecting so many things so we will always have that that impulse reaction come up not always but it it never fully goes away is what i'm trying to say and in working with releasing that reaction or releasing that instinctual need to just pull more cards it's going to really show how every card is of service and is of benefit so i hope that was helpful and i would love to hear your thoughts on how working with the cards and how you have formed your own beautiful relationships with each and every card in the tarot deck and how your practice has grown over time. I would like to thank my Wraiths patrons, Lisa Zimmerman, Bobby McDermott, Deb Guy, and Zach Tate. As always, thank you for your continued support. If you would like to become a patron, you can go into the show notes, click the link, the patron connection, which is where we sit and talk about the energies and the magic and the spiritual 
evolution from last month. We talk about all of that and you can follow the link to be navigated to Patreon where you can pick a tier that works for you and you will get that and so much more of the magic that abounds with TM Tombstones. Also, I have created a new tarot resource. It is called Trust the Tarot, and that is the reason why I decided to do this podcast episode today, because I just released that. So if you go to the homepage and scroll down to the bottom, you will see where you can input your email, and it will be an immediate download into your inbox. If you do that, also check your spam folder if it goes there for some reason but i have been working on this resource for a while now and i'm so in love with it because again i i want every person who works with tarot to trust the tarot trust themselves trust their intuition and trust the universal way that the tarot comes forward for each and every one of us because it is truly a beautiful beautiful tool my theme music is by Grave Dancer, and you can check them out and all of their music over on Instagram. And I think that's it. So until next time, take care.